Hello, gentlemen of the media pit. Uh, just calling to respond to that call from Stem Yargen. Um, you know, Stem, you are a legend, and I agree with what, most of what you said. Ortsdivus, um, you know, it's the kind of holiday that gets my PSI right where I want it. And, you know, the CX Harris Bolton, that's awesome. Becca, she's awesome. But I do have to call you out on that suspicious home run comment. And I want to help you understand why, as an American, at least I feel that Betsima is a villain. I mean, yes, we do have cheaters in our sports, but we don't like them. You know, the all-time American home run leader, he's not in the Hall of Fame, and there's a reason for that. And I'd have to bet that uh, four out of five titanium bike riding dentists would not recommend that guy who pretended to win seven Tours de France. You know, as Americans, we sometimes forgive athletes based on how they react to these types of situations. And <clears throat> I think that's uh, where Betsma failed. Um, you know, not even getting into the whole, you know, pharmacist tainted supplement thing, her first reaction was basically, well, it's not my problem. My husband takes care of that stuff. And, you know, that's not a good look. Um, also, you know, just the whole backdated suspension uh, that wasn't cool either. You know, suspensions aren't just a deterrent. They're supposed to allow the athlete time to um, negate the benefits from taking banned substances, and that obviously didn't happen. Um, so that's why there's a lot of animosity towards Denise. Um, I will say that in the spirit of cyclocross friendship, I will promise to root less against Denise Betsema and more rooting for Clara. Um, I am just curious why you decided to put that jab at the end of your call. I mean, your, your call clocked in at about 53 seconds. Was that because you are comfortable in a system where, you know, you know you're going to get 50 to 60 seconds for your call, maybe even more, whereas if you were a woman, maybe your call would be cut off at 39 seconds? Yeah, I'm just wondering. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 214 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, back in the media pit, we got a ton, a ton to cover. We've got Herentals, we've got Zolder, we've got Dendermonda, and everything that goes along with that. Also, big thanks to our helpline callers the last two weeks to, to lead off the, the show I, I I I don't know where this debate's going next but I I look forward to it now every every week so don't disappoint me who's gonna who's gonna get in there next for call number three uh, this this show is brought to you by Willa's oat milk go to willaskitchen.com put in the code crosshairs 20 you're gonna get 20% off of Willa's oat milk best oat milk out there it goes great in your grimp your brother's Coffee, which you can get over on the Wide Angle Podium website. And uh, head over there, wideanglepodium.com. Check out all the content going on. Uh, the the, the slow ride guys are talking cyclocross again. So, you know, Zach goes through a couple different 
podcast that you can check out from friends of this show, and and they have some real really great uh, information and and stories. And then you can just get the other side of the coin over on the Slow Ride. So check check them out too, and you can find it over at WideAnglePodium.com. Finally, uh, check out Zach and I's um, new project, the CX Hairs Bulletin. We're giving you all of the cyclocross news, CXs and O's videos, everything that you want, start list, results, commentary, analysis, heat checks, subtopper, topper, middler list. We, we got it all, and, and you can subscribe. Uh, there's a link down there in, in, in the episode notes, or just uh, go to cxhairs.substack.com and sign up for the bulletin. Okay. I I think that about covers it. Uh, let's let's get to the show. Uh, it, it is Herenthal's Zolder Dendermonde. We're talking to Zach. We're talking to Michael. It's episode 214 of Cyclocross Radio. And we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. Lots to get to, so let's get to it. But before we do, Michael, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, cracking myself up here. Bill, the races are coming at us thick and fast. I mean, everywhere. I just I can't even keep up with, with all the races. I mean, I was shocked that the riders were able to get to Dendermond, Belgium on Sunday after being in Houston, Texas on Saturday. Mind blown. <laughs> it, it sounds the same. It does. I know. <laughs> Zach is thoroughly not impressed. I just tried that out on the couch like 20 minutes before, and I got like a, a stain in ovation. So uh. that's because you're, uh, I don't know, it's your partner, uh, and she's probably I don't just know. Like, she you, probably see, this is, puns I, at this now point. Now I'm just thrown for a loop because I think she's a pretty tough critic. So I just I she don't is. I just okay. don't know where to stand on this. You're just saying that because she said something <laughs> nice about something you did, Bill, <laughs> and so you're like, wow, she's just the toughest critic. So I must have done 100% good. Buttering her up, <laughs> no doubt. Houston, Zolder, Houston. All right, Houston. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, right. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that no one no that we didn't have anyone bail on the podcast this week. So I'm I'm ready to go. Bail? No. Bail? Everyone pronounces it bail. Ball? Bail? Ball? Oh, is that you talking about? How do you pronounce it? Yeah, there's so many races. I don't even know which one we're yeah, referring to. At this. How do you pronounce the name? The the Sventown? Is it ball? You, Svenville. Ball? Is it ball? Oh, all right, fine. So I'm glad no one balled on. <laughs> Some people pronounce it bail. Baller. Like Sven's a baller. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we, we had a lot of racing, so we Wait, should probably sorry, start I'm talking sorry, about it. I have to it. ask one question. If Sven was a basketball player, would he be taken in the paint or would he be shooting the, the jumper? I just want to know. What do you guys think? I, I If he was a true baller. What do you think? I mean, he, the thing is that he, his gener- he's before the three, he's before um analytics he's a pre although he may be since he's such an analytical guy he may be on the forefront mm-hmm. of analytics is he like the original steph curry <laughs> wait you consider steph curry i mean isn't like isn't james harden the analytics guy who broke basketball yeah but curry's still the three over two 
right? Yeah. Oh, I see. I get. I get what you're like. Yeah, I could see him. Like to your point, like as one of those dudes, you know, in the '80s, the mid-range two-point kind of guys. I see him as like I a was two putting guard. him as almost like a Westbrook, but that seems um, uh, too too just uh, undisciplined. So you're you're saying that he's a he, you're saying that he's a paradigm shift, one of those like paradigm shifting kind of guys who's kind of like changing the game. Which I agree that Steph Curry has done, and he has um, to be a scorer. You know, I mean, he can't be. You, you think of it, and you're like, okay, well, he's going to be like just you know handing out dimes left and right, but he's not. <laughs> he's he's in it to win it, so that's not really that's not really where he's going. I'm sticking. I'm sticking oh, yeah. with Curry. No, I, I see the Steph Curry. I mean, and Curry puts on a good show. I mean, he does that his half courts and his underhands and his from the bleachers. And you know, Sven is like just turn that into a post retirement career when, especially when he comes over to the U.S., putting on a good show. Yeah. So he's taking those different lines and everyone else. You know, just looking at the game differently. All right, I think we solved it. All right, okay, that was good. So where are we starting? <laughs> where are we we had so many races. Fall. Um Herenthal, Holmes or uh, Holmes Wout race, Wout's home race. <laughs> yeah, that's I, yeah. He won. I, he got a win, guys. I made a joke about that. He turned right and went home and changed kits and got back there. Had a had an espresso and got back before the podium. And uh, somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh, are you telling me that he lives close to there?" Because like we only heard about it three thousand times on the broadcast. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good comeback. I believe the quote was 1,800 meters. Yeah. So that was that's what's what was cited in the broadcast. 18, so my, 18, you know, my thought 18, on this: 1,800 meters. Herentals, 1,800 meters is the equivalent of a roguelike is a ski jumper. <laughs> well, it's a new race, so they'll have plenty of time to work that in over the years. So my thought on that: I I, I think that uh, what we're seeing that's a little bit different from Wow. Uh, vis-a-vis even when he's losing to Vanderpool is like he really he was in position to capitalize on the lowercase anything can happen in cyclocross uh not the all caps anything can happen in cyclocross where Vanderpool's 45 seconds up and I think to his credit he fought his face off to be in position when Vanderpool flatted to take advantage and win that race yeah it's in it's uh, it, that's that's in it so it was Pretty much what, like lap three? Was that it? Where uh, Vanderpool was up pretty big already in this race? It's an interesting point, Zach, especially since, you know, your your theory there that, yeah, that this was, he was feeling good this race and this was kind of the, do you think that he was, so do you think this was a 100% all in race or do you think this was, uh, ooh, I'm feeling pretty good. This These are some openers and I'm all in for the World Cup. Oh, that's a good. Well, it was, but that was the one that was on Wednesday. Okay, I think, or, so he still had know, some. We don't want to conflate right. it so with he had Zolder. Zolder. So, he did. He did kind of mail so in. That was okay. Zolder. He didn't. Yeah, and he. Okay, you think um, he mailed in Zolder? Interesting. Okay. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't know. After I mean, he got the flat. I, I, I don't. Okay. I, I'm actually just. I didn't watch the end of it. Um, but you know, he got to second, and he was like cool with that. But I don't know. I, I, you know, I think like it comes back to, and we'll get to Dendermonda, but like I, that's. To me, that's why Wout is the uh, the the podcast people's champ. Is Wout tries hard? <laughs> um, you know, we saw uh, Ethan Glading, our Euro correspondent, had a great photo of him, and you know, again, it was the classic Wout drool shot, like at Dendermona. But like, I mean, he just 
I don't know. It's like, I, you got to respect it. Like he doesn't quit and you know, he fought to stay with, he was only down like six or seven seconds and Vanderpool flatted and Wout was, was all up on him pretty quickly. Um, you know, whereas if it had been a 30 second gap, they may have just come back together. Um, but Wout was able to open up a substantial gap when, when that occurred. I think just one thing about, you know, that race is, you, you know, stoked to see Wout win, but you, it sort of has that caveat as like, does he win if Vanderpool doesn't have a flat? And I mean, I think we, if you look at their, their sort of like trajectory together, go back to world, you know, just, we were talking about the green room, like wow, one, when Vanderpool had incidents and, and like to your point, Zach, he was, he was there, he's good enough to capitalize, but it's like, you wanted to see wow, just outright win a race and, you know, foreshadowing, you know, that's going to come up on Sunday. So, so no, to, to, you know. To, to sk- quickly skip ahead and spoil Sunday where he won won the World Cup fair and square against Matthew Vanderpool, would you say that that was Wout Van Eric coming of age? <laughs> that a statement race? Uh, <laughs> was that his Pidcock moment? Maybe, maybe this is like a second period, right? Of like an artist, you know, like when you make your your come your comeback. You could say it; it's a comeback, right? He had the big injury last year. This is the first out and right big win, like in cross. Boom! That's Bill. You 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 would you would know some some band that put out like an album after like their sophomore slump that really brought them brought them back to the charts. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's I it's almost top of my you head. know you could even it, it it's almost Radiohead. You know, coming in with that third album and then just going going nuts after that. But Zach, um, oh man, I just uh, I had oh Zach, have we arrived as a sport in cyclocross that we are taking one of the greatest athletes ever in the sport and saying, well, prove it to me that you're any good with Wow. I mean, isn't that like, isn't that like a true, I mean, isn't that like a true sports fan now that, that, that we have to let this guy has to like prove it to us now? Huh? There's a, there's an interesting thought. I mean, but like, are we, are we demanding that he proves it? I mean, so I guess I just, it, it, it's kind of weird for me. So if you haven't subscribed to the bulletin, I wrote about the race and what I thought about Wout winning. Um, and to me, I think it was that confident, like Wout has just looked defeated. Like, like he just like Vanderpool attacks these, you know, even the last three years and Wout's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned it with, with the beef, like with, I think this confidence that he got on the road, I was, I wasn't even excited that they were beefing. I was like, Van Aert is like has a little swag. Like he's willing to call out Vanderpool, and we just have not seen that. And to me, uh, you guys are talking about coming of age or whatever. I mean, I really hope that he feels that he is on par or close to Vanderpool, where he can have some swag and not just be like, "Oh, I hope that I run the green tires and you know <laughs> met you flats a bunch." But like that, he's like, I mean, he just at Denver, he legit was like. I think he knew. Like he knew that Vanderpool doesn't like those conditions. He went out and he just pummeled him into submission. And it was like, when's the last time I've seen this from Wow? Like, and I to me, okay. So I think that's what we were looking for, is for him to to, to have that confidence. Yeah, I th- yeah. E- even you know, not to since we have a couple races in between, but even looking at Herenthal's, what I saw from it and what was missing in those 
last couple of years, especially, you know, we talk about it, like 2018, he went through that whole turmoil. He was getting sued by his team. He was, he didn't have a team for a while. It was just, you know, he, I don't think he was riding as much. It was just, it was just a mess. It was just a mess of a year. And I, I, I think it showed in his results, especially for cyclocross. And then, you know, 2000 and then the next year after that, he, he has that horrible injury and he jumps into cyclocross at the end of 2019. We're all like, holy crap, this guy's already back. It was just like that summer that he was, you know, uh, crashed in the tour de France and came back, you know, won one of the smaller races at the end of the year. And we're like, oh, that's nice. He, he got a victory, but he was, he was back in the pack. You know, he was, he was kind of a, kind of a middler for the, for the 2009 and rightfully so. So it was really cool to see him come back. And it's been interesting because I've been going back and watching all these old races for the CXs and O's. I'm on this Zolder kick, you know, this, this week, just looking at all these things. And it's just like, wow. I mean, these guys were just insanely good and so freaking powerful. And that's, that's what has impressed me with Wout coming back is that I think that we look at Vanderpool and the power that he can output. And even in this Herentals race, you could see it like, oh no, Wout, Wout is back on his level. And we're at a point guilty for giving every other publication out there shit for just saying Wout versus Matthew, Wout versus Matthew and pushing everybody else in men's cyclocross aside, but they may have been onto something. Um, those, those two are, uh, seem to be, <laughs> seem to be, um, better than everyone else at, at this point, Michael. Can I, I'll just, uh, since we're at this point, I want to just talk about this and it's, it's only a sample size of four, but right now, Wout and Matthew Vanderpool are two and two, two and two in the head to head. That's, we haven't seen that since, let's see, since 15, 16, when Wout was 10 seven to Vanderpool. So like you said, I mean, small sample size, but I feel like we're going to see a different dynamic through the rest of the season and into the world cups, which is, is good for the fans. Yeah. I think that also, I mean, it, it, Vanderpool stuck with cyclocross seriously longer. Like Wout had visions of the road earlier than, than Vanderpool. Right. I mean, he, he he was his his passions were definitely split before that in the last three seasons where Va- that's where Vanderpool is sort of ripping off these you know fifty races in a row. Not to say that Vanderpool wasn't the best, and he is again he's a not even a generational rider. He is like he will go down as the best cyclocross race or ever at me at CX Airs. <laughs> you know what? You know what? So. Wout Van Art, bulletin board material right now. Yep. He just he heard that and he's gonna he's gonna write it down and he's gonna post it That's up. That's fine. <laughs> so Bill, er, to your point earlier when you were saying that we've arrived. Oh wait, wait, sport, Zach, I think, I, wait, wait. I, I wait, thought I just want to I need to put an a one asterisk on there. I am including Mariana Voss in there. I am not saying I am so I'm not saying, well, what about women's cycle cross? Absolutely counting it in there. Vanderpool better. Continue. Um, yes, no, uh, I, I actually thought that you were going to say, oh, we have one of the greatest athletes of all time and we're critiquing the living daylights out of him because of our race. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought you were actually going to say that. So you threw me for a little <laughs> bit of a loop because I thought we were going to talk about how, you know, all of a sudden Vanderpool just not not can't ride in the mud. 
what's wrong with Vanderpool? Yeah. He lost a race uh, to to well, Wild. We've like, been talking about that, and that that that's. But like, I am so happy about it. It's great. Like, I I I think it's I think it's deserved. I think it's okay. I think when you're at that level, those critiques are fine. And then you know, next week Vanderpool will win by three minutes, and we'll all be like, okay, uh, never mind. But do you think that? This is where I get confused, and I haven't gone back and done the research. And and yes, he you know lost Valkenberg. I think that's the big one that everybody points to. Um, he he lost Beals. Uh, again, Valkenberg was really the muddy one. So it's like the, the, this thing that Matthew Vanderpool can't ride in the mud. I'm still confused with because in those 60 plus races that he won and nobody could touch him and he was ruining cyclocross because he was ahead by two minutes every race, they were still in Belgium, which from my experience there, not dry. So, I mean, the guy has this thing now that he's like not a mutter. I just... I, I, I don't I, I don't see where that is coming from. I think the the finer you're right. And and I can think of races. I mean I, there was one year that drive and cross um was just a disaster and he was just oh my god, he put on like the most impressive technical display that I've ever seen. Um but I think it's more I don't know. I think it's just more when conditions are the absolute worst and you know, I, I wrote a whole column about it, but I think wow it's you know, how you approach it. And it's like, are you going into this as the warriors, the happy warrior be like, I'm going to do great on this day, you know? And I think he showed it a bit with his complaining. Like, I really don't, if Wout had Hmm. lost, he'd say, well, I tried my hardest and I lost. I didn't do, you know, I should have done better, you know, and Matthew just was complaining. And I think, I think, I don't know. I, it, you have to have that mind. He doesn't have that mindset for that specific conditions, which we've seen all of like maybe two or three times where Wout's been able to get the better of him in, in those like the worst of conditions. But yeah, no, I mean, he's won so many, many races. He won last year. Namur, well, I guess to, to completely contradict myself on the spot, Namur was the worst day ever last year and he won there. So like, well, guys, let's not yeah, forget I don't know. a few weeks ago, Essen. yeah that unforgettable race which was just literal shit show yeah wait so can we can we put a pen in herentals and move on to zolder yes we are didn't we already just oh well can we at least give prime time her due here quickly yeah that's what i want to say yeah that 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 was my point i just my one note and i it was the only note i made after watching that race was that they had this really steep downhill and primetime just wrote it so much better and she made a slick move where she got in front of everybody before the downhill there was this really odd you know remount and uh brand got stuck behind betsima and that was that so yeah that was that was it was sort of the the prime time we are used to seeing um coming through those technical skills and yeah that sort of wow and her winning was kind of a double like a you know double rainbow of, of, of cyclocross fandom joy there. I have to say, I mean, I think at this point, uh, the Betsima thing's been 
you know, it's been covered. I think people know our opinions, but we've been very respectful to say she's a great technical rider. Like she's good at these skills and she's been making a lot of technical mistakes in the last several races. And so I feel like almost, no, I'm not going to say that, but it's interesting. You know, this, the skill that we say that she has, um, she's cause she made a giant mistake. It was that twisty descendy thing and she crashed and there was a couple other races where she made oh at Namur she made mistakes that allowed Brand to get her you know winning gaps so just kind of an interesting you know that there is this skill um and I don't know if it's because she's going out so hard if she's putting herself in the red and you know because she's drawn a lot of criticisms right it was like she was starting poorly and everyone was critiquing her and now she's just blasting off the front and I'm not a I'm not a, I'm not a that, bike guy so. I don't know how these things work but I'm just blaming it all on her stack height Oh, I I was gonna say it was because she goes socks over the tights. Oh, that's a good that that could be it as well. Uh, so with with I think that we have brought it up. I think that it's also been out there that maybe um, uh, Alvarado has a little work to do. Still has good skills, but maybe that is like her weakness. And this this seemed to be like a huge confidence boost for her to to sort of. Get that, get that groove back. Uh, and you saw it. Like, you saw it from the get-go. Primetime was back in terms of how she raced. She was just very aggressive. Um, she was keeping people off the front. And she just kind of bossed her way through that race. She, I don't know. She just had that, that attitude uh, on the broadcast. They said she looked angry in the first lap. It was a good call by Marty Mack. Um, that she just she had that look of, yeah, she was back. She was, she was back all weekend, and you'll see at the end on Sunday, she sort of, or all week, I should say. Uh, Sunday, she kind of fell apart at the end, but I, you did see her at the front racing for the win in, in ways we haven't seen the past few weeks, so and that's a good sign. All right, let's move on to... Houston, Texas. Houston, we have a problem with that opening. <laughs> I forgot. Damn it. That was one of my brainstorms. I was washing dishes as I was like, Houston, we have a problem. Who has a problem here? Who's space like? I, was, I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't. Who's the astronaut? Uh, I want to say that. <laughs> I just want to say that I really like. Yeah, work, work, work yeah. workshop it, Zach. Oh, I was going to say, so I have a really hot take. And I just, I, I want to see, do you guys want me to drop But After we talk about Zolder, should I do my hot take right now? It's about Zolder. Uh, like, it, it, it is. Let's it is about it. Zolder. So my my hot take is, I think, to me, Zolder is a boring race and a boring track. And I found Dendermonda, as a spectator, to be infinitely more interesting. I knew, look, you knew. I knew, ex- I, told, I could have told you the point on the course with plus or minus one woman, how many people were going to be in that front group. I could have told you who it was going to be. And I could have told you exactly what was going to happen. Like Lucinda Brand was going to attack up the section by the bleachers. She was going to be the first to descent and she was going to win the race. And you know what happened? It did like, and Vanderpool was going to win. Um, I mean, I, it's, I don't like, why do you got, it's not near. I don't, I don't think it's a very interesting track. It's, it's, you know, it's like seven minutes of boring and then like one minute of interesting. <laughs> I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a very interesting course. I mean, go back. Like, you know, I went back like last year. There were like five women in the lead group at the end. The year before, there were four. One year, there were eight. Like, well, grass crit. Okay, so I, don't, I think this weekend really showed sort of two different kind of courses you can have, or or not two different. You can have, you can have more, but just the very very different opposite styles of racing and courses and design and you know flood control, water management. But 
I really like Zolder. And I was I, I was actually trying to figure out like why I like Zolder so much. And I was like, well, you know, I I think the location is cool. I think there's a lot of nostalgia for me. It was like one of the, okay, the very first Svenness video, right, Bill? So this very first time I ever heard of Sven Nice was a Svenness video and it was about that turn in Zolder. So I have nostalgia there. But I also I do like how fast it is. I like the amount, so many ups and downs at speed, coming around corners. Yeah you do see a big group going to the finish with brand, you know, she's won the last couple of years, right? Zach, you kind of know she's going to win that sprint, but we, she didn't win it by a lot. Right. And there was a, there was actually a big group of eight that almost came together at the end. And like, if I, I would rather have eight riders together at the end with brand, probably going to win 90% of the chance versus an ending where it's over with like a two laps to go. Which didn't happen for the women's race, Dendermon. But still, that's that's what I like about Zolder is that um, I like the pack racing in cross. I guess it was more with Dendermonda. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, there was. I, I'm just saying of these yeah. two races. Like to me, it's just like you know. I I I, I admit, like I don't get up early enough. Um, I watch <laughs> on tape delay, but it's like I almost just fast forwarded the women's race to like literally half a lap left, except that we do this podcast. Um, Cause like, it just, it's been the same for the last five years now that it's played out like the exact same. <laughs> I mean, I bet if you go back and watch that brand made her winning move at the exact same spot. And I bet, you know, when Voss won the year before that, I bet she made her move at the exact same. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just very, where is it? Where's that spot? I mean, you have to be the first to the stairs. Like you have to be, which means you have to be the first to that first descent. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's the it's you know, the faux uphill. it's the it's the false flat along the bleachers. They they come off that at the top at the top of the off hill the the top of the Machu and uh, Wow, uh, and I think uh, Vermeer Vermeer someone in there one year, <laughs> um, but yeah, that choose your own adventure. You get up and then it's a sprint. Which part of why I was just watching the replay, I was utterly baffled by what Betsima did. Like she was the first one there, and then Brand is sprinting, and Betsima's just like riding tempo. I was like, "This is the race, guys!" Like everyone knows it. I could tell you that I've seen five years in a row. Like which which makes it that important. See, I, I see the race to the bottom of that off camber, and I just there there are just great moments that happen after pit two, coming through that grassy section before they go to the uphill off cambers. Mariana Voss. Second greatest uh, cyclocross <laughs> racer ever. I don't know where I put Sven in all this. Um, uh, Sven doesn't have the rings, man. I don't even think you can. Yeah, no. He I doesn't know, go by world champions. You know, if you go by world championships, so then you got to put Marianne. Doesn't for, oh, well, doesn't uh, Vervecken have seven? Who has seven? Isn't uh, Voss and Vervecken have seven? There's a male who has seven. Yeah. So. Okay, sorry. That was always a fight to be out front there. Okay. And then what would happen in a lot of these years is that uphill off camber, and why I loved it, you know, again, the, it became that first Svenness. The, the funny thing is, and, you know, we talked about this last week, is this like an iconic part of a course? They, I think it was 2000 and early 2000s they started having world cups there again so it's not even that it hasn't been it's it's wild because zolder was a world championship in 1970 like 1970 there was a cyclocross world championship there and and then it came back i think in 2002 and then it went away again and then it wasn't until like 2006 or something that it, it made it onto the world cup tour my dates might be off a little bit 
but it was that section and there was there's is is such a multifaceted section that I think much like what we saw in Namor no longer exists. You know, it, it it used to be that you wanted to be first to that kicker and if you didn't get it right, you were coming back down onto everybody and taking out the field and that's where we had the, you know, the famous Machu and um uh wow entanglement and and then you had a choice you could go straight left and go to the low line you could go up high and go to the high line you could go low and go halfway through and then run up and try to you know kick people off and and get to that that turn first and you're right zach you get to that turn and you're in a good place to win the race, especially if you attack there. I mean, we, we saw Sven attack there. We've seen Vanderpool attack there. That's the place. That's what that's, we saw Voss put in a huge attack there years ago. So, but that's the kind of thing that I, I find exciting. And then you say, well, you know, what's going to happen, but then Wout Van Aert did that. And Lars Vanderhaar is on his wheel and you get to that long, you know, descent with the, the big swoopy off camber. And freaking Lars Vanderhaar passes him on that thing, which was just insanity. It's like one of the greatest cyclocross moves ever. He still lost the race, <laughs> but it was an amazing, amazing move. Wow, it was like, dude, why are you trying to kill both of us? And then he just passed him 100 yards later. But still, it was insanity. I love the woods wooded section. One year they had four different lanes yes. for the woods. You could p- choose your adventure through the woods. Where were you going to go? Sven started going near the fence. Nobody ever goes near the fence. Next lap, 30 guys are, are on the fence following him through that section. You know, I mean, you have those um, downhill 180s, which every race somebody's going to screw that up because it goes into a big power section that everybody is, that somebody's going to be in the wrong gear coming back up, going through the top side of the woods. I don't know, Zach. I don't know. There is a lot going on with that. That's race. why they call it a spicy okay. take. I, I, I told you I was coming in hot. I, <laughs> I just, I, I, I've just. I like it. No, I think it's I've great. always, it makes, you know, it makes me... I think a lot of people have always had like, you know, Zolder. It's like Zolder, 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 Zolder. And I've just been like, Namur, Namur is so much better. Like I've just, I feel to me, I don't, I just. I, you know, about Valkenberg. I don't know. I just I, I don't get as excited for Zolder as like like if you're talking about a typical curse period, like I'm getting stoked for Degum. I've Degum's not an interesting course, but I just friggin' love Degum. Like Oh Degum's. Well, know, the race is just the best. But it's not that's not happening. No, year, no, but in a typical no, year. No, like just, uh, if you talk about races race. that I get stoked for, I just I love Degum. Yep. But like Hoogerheide, I think is an insanely boring race. I just don't. I don't get that. Yeah, I know. You're right. Except for that, like last last off camber, you know where, and that's only exciting now because Alvarado threw away the World (laughs) Cup. Okay. Um, Um, Can I jump in? It's Eric Devlamek who has seven. So that's, and I've always just been surprised uh, to do an aside that like people didn't make more about Voss almost getting her eighth, like to be the greatest of all time. I guess that's just the one thing that's always been weird to me about like Bill. You you know, like every other sport, numbers mean a lot like basketball and baseball especially and in cyclocross it just it seems like we don't make as big of a deal um because i just i'm surprised more people aren't talking about voss becoming the greatest of all time like you know uh getting eight so um but yeah anyway 
Uh, same thing on the men's side, you know. Jeremy Powers is like, oh, I, I have four national. I don't, I don't know who the who that five is the all time male record. I don't know that. It's like he probably does, but like you know that that was part of the <laughs> show of like Reno, and he could have been tied for the anyway. So Eric Devlamic, he was in the sixty. He probably won at Zolder. Let's see, did he win it? He did. Okay, nineteen seventy. So. Oh, that was it. He won six years in a row, sixty-eight to seventy-three. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I I have very fuzzy black and white film of him winning in nineteen seventy. Okay. All right. So Zolder, let's talk about the race. I came in hot. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a complete one eighty in this show. I'm gonna do a complete one eighty where I got my hot take about Mariana Voss not being the greatest cyclocrosser. By the time we're done, there's she's gonna be un, She's she'll have she'll be peerless. She'll be it. Okay. She'll be the only one. <laughs> All right. Uh, men's race? Um, yeah. I, it was kind of inside. I mentioned I, I listened to uh, the Canuck cast before we recorded this. It's Michael Vandenham and Jen Jackson. Um, and they had Go Far On. But really good podcast. If you haven't checked it out, um, I approve of you um, listening and committing and listening to other podcasts. Okay. But they talked about uh, just how that fast start, how gnarly it gets. And they talked about how it's almost a crapshoot as to whether or not you'll come out of it. And our man Pitters didn't fare so well. No. Whose fault is that? The lion that the lion that took a hard right into the po- Did you see the the telnet? I don't But that's the thing. It's like how do you I know, and it, I, you, yeah, it's very easy for me to sit here and look at it and say, but it's like, we know that 180 is coming up in Zolder, and you know that that is the bottleneck every single year. So how you can, you, I just feel like you have to do everything in your power not to be on that inside line at Zolder. Would you go as far if you, let, let's say that you were the seventh or eighth call up? Would you would you go to the other side and take a second row start? Would you go as far to say well, that? Well, I think part of it is these guys are awesome and they got great power and they're super fast and they think that it's not going to be them. I mean, Niels Albert got stuck there one year, lost a you know lost a race because he went from you know first row to thirtieth because he just got the same thing. It's like people come wide and they're just going to chop you straight across <laughs> there. And if you're in, in on the inside, you just got, you got nowhere to go. I mean, it's all the guys like in the back every year, they're off their bike, carrying their bikes above their head to get around that 180 and get back on. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a mess yet. They continue to have, I, I, there's like no other way evidently to, to, to lay out that course. I don't know if it was Jen, but she was describing one of her, it was like her second world cup. So she was in the back row and she was just like, somehow I escaped from that in like 30th place and just had a great result. And I don't know how it happened. <laughs> and that was interesting. It was really interesting to hear them talk about it. Um, you know, and I think I saw Jen Jackson, um, getting some, getting some airtime. Is it 2018? Because she, uh, she was around Yolanda Neff. Yes, she talked about that. She was like, yeah, I, yeah. She's like, oh, man, I could not hold her wheel. <laughs> <laughs> she did for a bit, but she was like, wow, I was yeah. turning myself inside out. So um, it, it was funny um, it, it, because it went on. It, it sort of the, the camera, you know, swung back to Yolanda. And I was like, hey, it's Jen. And I was like, oh, yeah, Yolanda's there, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so is there really anything, I mean, did, I mean, besides while it's fl- flat, like what are, do we have, like what happened? I met you just kind of saw Wout was flatted and he attacked. Well, I mean, I, it, I, I just think that like Zolder, dry Zolder is just Matthew Vanderpool, like perfect course. Like all those elements you talked about, Bill are just, are just so suited for Vanderpool in so many ways. And yeah, he got a good Punchy climbs, those punchy climbs, he just separates. Right, on and those. he can hammer the flats, and he can rail all the downhill off cambers. Like you said, it's dry, it's it's good, and it's just, it was just like it's set up. And then and then that Zach, it is kind of boring, but it's like yeah, that's sort of like it's just like the perfect. And it, that's to me, I love this weekend so much because the duality of those courses and and Vanderpool just doing a fucking Vanderpool Zolder, and then what happened on Sunday. So yeah. I think the other big thing in that race, I mean, yeah, Wout got the flat, and really he was that just kind of that's it. Um, but the big thing I think was was Ellie um, being yeah. having to be once again uh, dragged off the course. Uh, sounds like he's gonna be okay, and maybe he's gonna race on New Year's Day. But it, it looked pretty brutal there for a while. I don't I don't know exactly what happened. Did you guys see any other? He slid out into the corner and then, in and then I I don't know if it was Sweck or who it was or it might have been the Tormans. Oh. They sort of ran over okay. him. Yeah, um, and you know somebody had a still of the the camera was like panning back towards him when they figured out something was wrong. So it's still sort of blurry before they get in there while it's all happening. And uh, yeah, but just seeing like the still and who knows how was of where his arm was bending and where arms are supposed to bend, and it just wasn't. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't look good. I mean, it looked like super hyper extended. Like holy crap, that's a broken arm. I mean, it looked like one of those, you know, football plays where you're like, I never need to see that again in my life. Uh, and and then kudos to the yeah. guy on the side. Well. Okay, let's well, discuss a, this for a second. So he's protecting. So he he took the hilarious. he, he uh, Ailey's there. The guy comes out and he grabs his bike and then he puts the bike in front Ellie. of Ailey like he's had some you know NYPD training oh. just to. to, to, to <laughs> oh man! <laughs> no, I loved it. Just, I loved it. He he formed a protective cocoon to, like, to protect him. But in doing that, he's putting this pointy machine with disc rotors and everything else in the way of these guys flying around this blind turn where one guy who's now on the ground already got it completely wrong and crashed. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, that could that bike could have gone right back into like a pedal could have gone into Ellie's uh, gut. Um, I mean, it was, but like the bike lets you know that there's, there's danger like that, that at least gives you something. Cause otherwise you're coming around that corner and then you're seeing. So so I want to guys, like I, I will admit, I mean, obviously right now I'm wearing my Wisconsin hoodie and I typically wear that into the, um, into the, the podcast studio, but I'm a big sweater guy. Like I love sweaters and like, I have a lot of respect for my fellow, fellow dudes who can really wear a sweater well. I guess saw it. Ailey, the moose sweater. Well, I loved it. I thought he looked great. Like I gained a lot of respect for Ailey to one bounce back from this injury. Uh, and two, he looked great. 
great fitting, good hair. Like Ailey, Ailey Uzabit can wear a sweater with a giant moose on it like no other. Is that his new nickname? The Moose? The Moose. The Moose is loose at ball. <laughs> um, well, it'll be great to have him back there. It'll be the uh, the comeback story of the year when he beats um, Wout and uh, Matthew. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be there at okay. ball. So, so speaking of Ellie, and let's just let's transition to a topic. Um, Zach, you'd kind of brought this up in the chat, but I also was I was thinking about this because I think Ed Zolder, maybe it was Zolder, but Marty on the GCN broadcast was like, "Oh, is Ellie gonna sacrifice Sweek to chase down Vanderpool?" And I'm just like, "What? Have you been watching these races? Like the sauces don't exist. The team tactics of the sauces, which we spent a lot of time talking about, and it's been so much fun, is like not really a thing anymore. Like that's not that's in the past. We are the sauces don't really exist as a team. Like they're sort of they're kind of gone, right? Like Zach, what wh- what are their stats? Give me some stats on the sauces right now. Well, so I was just uh, noting that noted, you know, some of the people in this podcast voted for for Tone as a, a midler, sending him all the way down to Midlerville. So I was just kind of like, hey, how are the, uh, you know, who's been podiuming um, behind basically Machu and Wout right now? So I think it was like seven races that Machu has done. Uh, he's been first or second in all of them. Um, but the Lions... The Lions are having a moment, guys. They have outpodiumed the sauces three to two. Now, keep in mind, they've outpodiumed them three to two. There's a road team uh, that has four. There's some one <laughs> one man show called Trinity Racing. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's not fair. There's other yeah, guys on okay, the Trinity Racing, okay. but like this team, Trinity Racing has four. But Lions, the Lions are having a moment, and literally no one is noticing. Wait, Zach. I got so I got to follow this up. You, you pointed out that Bill voted um, Tune as a midler. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I just said. I, I said someone. No, no. I, but I, I want to know. I want to know. Like, is it? Is this? Is this sub talker talk or is this midler talk? Tone Art says with Matthew and Wow at the start, a third place is worth more. It kind of sounds like midler talk right there. And and you you're talking about it, and yet the the race we're still talking about is Zolder. Where was he in Zolder? Seventh. The Lions did get on the podium, but that was the old school podium with <laughs> Lars Vanderhaar pulling out some of that 2014 2015 magic. Yeah, to get up there, Lars did uh, here's, did here, have a good race. <laughs> here's a, here's here's my analogy. Uh, I. I, 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 um, in, uh, college, I, I coached basketball and we used to go to all these different universities and just sort of like get talked up by the coaches. It was kind of fun to do when we made it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance to saying where we went, but we went to Duke, saw the practice and the, the, one of the Duke assistant coaches, uh, was basically like, yeah, we can talk about plays and we can talk about tactics and strategy all day long. But this is basically what we have. And then he put like huge, five huge, enormous X's. And then he put like five very small O's guarding each of them. He's like, we're the X's. <laughs> That's basically Vanderpool and Ayers right now. They're, they're the big X's. And you can have all the team tactics that you want. But when you're the little O's, you're not, 
yeah. you're not doing and, much. Well, and so I mean, I I say that we we did end up. I think there was a general consensus is that when we did the subtopper voting, we had Van Ert as a subtopper, and I think I think we've pretty. I, I think we've gotten a lot more clarity. Like if that vote occurred now, that it seems like it, it it's Machu, it's Wout, and then it's everyone else fighting for scraps. And I I don't even know if there's any subtoppers in that. Uh, Pit, Pitcock. Pitcock's the subtopper, and everyone else might be a midler, which is kind of what we expected a month ago. So now even Pitcock, though, and, you know, we'll call out our buddy uh, Adam Meyerson, uh, basically questioning, so does does Pitcock belong there? You know, it's like he had, as he said, he had one or two good races. Does he belong there in as a subtopper? Well, but, like, we're going with, uh, you know, I think, uh, Bill, you made this point, is that, like, Subtoppers have the ability to win races if things go yeah. right, mm-hmm. and I don't. St- I don't, and I don't. I don't think like I love. I, I've been all about Lars. I love Lars. Lars isn't winning a race. Like at this point, Lauren Sweck is not winning a race. Like no, if things go right, if things go right for Tom Pidcock uh, with, uh, with Matthew and, and Wow, and that, with Matthew and Wow, he can beat them. Yes, with and that's where and we're at. And, uh, yeah, and that's the that's my definition of a subtopper. I, I think- I'm not getting into what elite is. No, and I, I think, think I think maybe we had put we had we'd put uh, Pidcock as a topper. So yes, I, I don't think I don't no, think he's I, there. I feel it, like yeah, t- sub topper totally Pidcock sub topper. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think that I think it'll look a lot different, and if the trajectory that we're on continues, I think. I mean, I Pickock clearly doesn't have the consistency, but I, I think I think Wout has clearly distanced himself from everyone else, and the, it's more of a question of how close he is to Machu versus like you know last year we were kind of skewed. We're like, ah, oh, hey, it's great, he finished fourth at Worlds, that's awesome. But it was like the the comeback story. I think like he's racing really well, and he is really strong. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's um um. A couple things. One, in the women's race, even though Zach thought it was super boring, it was actually a four-up sprint in cyclocross, uh, which Lucinda Brand was able to take. I will also say, if this is your first time listening to this podcast and you're thinking, all these guys do is talk about the dudes, this is a rare, this is like dude talk the first time in I don't know how many months. Has this happened like all season? I mean, we've talked about the women's race like... At least seven, like 60, 70% of the podcast has been the women's racing. Like, yeah. sometimes it just, yeah. you know, that's how they're, yeah. Yeah. We apologize like, I mean, and we, we take the approach that we, we, we treat them equally, but we talk about the races that we think are more interesting and are better. And like, women's racing has been phenomenal this year. It's just that, like, P.S., it wow, met you doing things and it was pretty exciting. Yeah. It was great. But that was, I, I think that that's older. Yeah. If you only want to watch the last couple lap, the last lap or so, um, definitely, definitely worth it. It was a fun one uh, to watch. And, um, you know, I mean, th- that's that thing that Brand has over all of them at this point is that nobody, no, even on a long sprint right. like Zolder, nobody can catch I mean, she her. let it out from the front. Yeah, even just like yeah. they were all on their drop super early. But boy, can I not just be like a snarky on Twitter anymore? I called it a break check and I just got, I was like, sweet break check by Brand coming up over that lip. And I'm like, you know, she she stalled out, and everybody had to go foot down, and then she got a nice little advantage that she that she took to the win. I'm, I I was not. Well, so it's kind of 
I was not saying she did anything intentional. I mean, it, it was kind of it was interesting going back and watching Alvarado's decision because the previous lap, Betsema struggled to get over the top and she cascaded back. And I think that was, you know, on the broadcast, they were criticizing Brand's issues with the feature. And I was like, all right, look, she, she botched it in the first lap. She wrote it cleanly second and third in the fourth lap she got brake checked. And so, and I, again, I, you know, just, you wonder like maybe Alvarado and Alvarado recovered, but maybe you leave it a couple extra feet on that feature just because you know what can happen. Like, don't, don't hit it right on her wheel, but just be like, all right, let's give myself a cushion in case something happens. But Alvarado recovered. It was everyone else like worse dabbed and went sideways. And then Betsimon. I I would almost, I'd almost guarantee if it was the other way around that Sven and Lucinda had a conversation about, hey, if you're coming in hot on this part, get to the outside because there's a chance that the person in front of you isn't going to make it and you're going to get caught up. You know, I mean, that I, I think you're absolutely right, Zach. That comes down to rider awareness. You know, we talk about brake checking a lot in mountain biking. That's where it's from. And the first thing you learn if you're racing is like, you don't get up on somebody's wheel because they may do that to you on purpose. And then, you know, you're kind of screwed because they're going to just take off again and you're going to have no momentum or go foot down or whatever else. So I, th- I think that is that is a legit part of racing. I don't think it was intentional, but I think as the person who is following wheels, you you have to have that that awareness and that is part about being part of being a good cyclist. Well, and it it happened in that right. It happened 8 minutes before. Like Oh, that's yeah. oh that that's that's a great uh, so eight minutes uh, short race again. I love you know I mean Bill you I, I've said it like you were great. I think that American Twitter was great. Uh, American the commentary it was great and like calling this out for years. And I love that like the, the Euros like commentators are now just calling it out. Like I, I think it's I think it's awesome that that people are noticing and that you know equality is the the move for equality is is spreading and. It's not just the Americans doing it. It's everyone. Yeah. So Zolder was, you know, the rule is between 40 and 50, and it was 40, 38, which is just ridiculous. Because there would have been, you know, you're right. It, it could have been a different race. Who knows? It was, it was. It no, was according to Zach, you know Zach's position on this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would have been the exact same race. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's move over to Dendamanda. <clears throat> The um the the race that the race that despite all of it happened um field racing we had some field racing field Michael. running let's just let's just be straight it's field running <laughs> um yeah I mean I I know there's a lot of opinions about this this course out there in the race I do want to say that as someone who lives in a very flat terrain that that features lots of storms and we're 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 familiar with like saturated ground like. And, and hurricanes coming through. Like, I understand, like, the promoters, like, almost canceled the race. They had a big storm that came through. They took out a flyover. Like, there were a lot of things that were in their control, and there were things that actually weren't. So it's like, we can critique them to a certain level, but I do understand that they put, they made a race happen, and we're hearing that it got, like, the most views ever. So, and, and, and you know, we saw, we had, we had a good race. We saw- In Flanders. Most views in Flanders. Oh, okay. Okay. Can I, I, I totally forgot to put, I meant to, to put this in my thing that I wrote. Um, I think that I, I, we know how, we know how Flanders and Belgians feel about Wout. I mean, he's like the regional hero. 
because that's, you know, Flanders does cyclocross. I think they knew he was going to win this race. I think they saw him pseudo call his shot. And I think they knew that he had a legit mm. shot at winning that race. And I was not surprised to see uh, that those numbers happened. I just, Walt, call, he, Walt was like giddy. He was excited. He was like a kid running to that start line and freezing cold. Um, I don't know. And I, I think that since he brought it, like, I think everyone knew. Everybody knew they wanted to tune in. Yeah. I mean, I want I want just to get back to the course. The one the one thing, and I, I I said is like, I understand you. If it rains that much, you're going to have like you know standing water, and it's going to be you're going to be running a lot. It's going to be a slog. And the one thing that seemed the one thing the one big issue I had was the 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 sinkholes and these elements that you can't see that then drag the riders down. That the do in in some ways like influence that race and that that was the that's a real bummer you don't you don't want to see that like you don't want to see katie compton to the side of the course for you know 20 seconds literally stuck in the mud or alvarado go you know hip deep chasing brand i mean when bet did it like everybody on twitter thought it was funny but you know like that that was sort of my one critique like i'll let everybody else sort of debate the rest of the elements but that was that was a part that that i didn't like to see I agree with that. And I think that it, that, that was unfortunate. And those are those things on there. You know, we were talking about it some in the green room that those sinkholes, you know, after a couple laps, you knew where they were, or you, you hoped you knew where they were and who knows w- what the other ones were forming, but there were some ones and you couldn't see them. I mean, it just looked like, you know, th- there, there used to be the whole thing about quicksand that this was sort of it. You didn't see it. And once you were in it, like y- you were done. And I understand that everybody is at a race where they've lost a shoe. Everybody has a race where you're running in deep mud. But this was more than this. This almost seemed dangerous in that you could go so fast down there and just, you know, hurt yourself in some of these sinkholes. And and the the point that I was making is that, yes, this is inherently a a sport that has an aim has 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 some risk to it. And you know that, you know, there especially you look at a lot of these tracks that these pro cyclocross racers are on there 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 are elements that are scary you know and there are there are drops in there and there are like super fast downhill off cambers and and slick and muddy and everything the difference is they know all of those things are there and they know that they either have the skills to ride them or they're going to get off their bike and they're going to run them you know that's that's kind of the decision you make but these hidden things you don't get to do that you know it's just there and then you're stuck in the mud for 20 seconds so maybe they could have made some adjustments there i mean after you know after thinking about it a little bit i think that it's 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 tough to be too hard on them for what they were dealing with you know they did it wasn't the most exciting i didn't think it was the most exciting course just because it didn't have a lot of varied terrain they did have a you know, two and a half, three story flyover that they couldn't use because it was iced over. It was the right decision not to have it in there. I understand that. We still got compelling racing out of it despite the parkours, but I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the 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 clapback I got on where I was like, well it's not the most exciting track in the world as well. You need something like that every season. And I'm like, that's fine. If we if we have to have a race like that and it looks like that every season, I, I guess that's okay. I guess I, I rewatched the race and in my mind, Brand sort of had run away with it. But I, I rewatched and realized that there was a pretty good battle between Alvarado 
and brand in which they kind of went back and forth. And it was a lot of the elements, those sinkholes and, and ditches that really sort of made it that much closer. One would get a gap, they, then they would fall out a hole, and they would close the gap. And, they, and so that, that was a pretty good battle. I think, as I said earlier, that we did see brand... I mean, Brand won. She's sort of on this in- incredible streak. Um, she's ripped off eight wins of the last 10 races. I did note on Twitter that the last person, or most recently to do that was Alvarado, who did it at the end of last season. Um, but it just, it just, it it seemed, if you put, you put Zolder and Dendermon together for Brand, just once again, you're just, she kind of has it all. I mean, this is like completely two different courses, and she's able to win both of them. So, I mean, just really kind of consolidating her skill set. So one thing that I, I, I thought was interesting um, about the race, right? So, like, Betsma went out hot and then uh, Brand, you know, was up in the mix and primetime was there. So then Brand gets a lead and then, uh, you know, Alvarado, her credit, like, came back. Uh, and you're watching it. And then, like, Alvarado actually got a lead. And there was a hot second in the... I was going to say it was the second lap where Alvarado actually had like a gap on brand and, you know, watching, um, you're kind of thinking, you're like, ah, oh, oh man, like, you know, is brand, <laughs> you know, is, is all of this winning, you know, is she peaking at the wrong time, but then she kind of settled in and then she really, in my opinion, really had Alvarado on the ropes, like when, you know, cause when Alvarado, like she was doing everything she could to stay in there. And when she crashed, I think that just like, it's one of those where the adrenaline can keep you there, but like once that happens and you get out of that like adrenaline like focus tunnel, you're just like you're in you're in a world of hurt, and it seems like that's kind of what happened. Um, can, can I can I just break in here and say and to um, commend all of us that we've made it to fifty eight minutes into this without going into full homerism mode, but um. Let's do that Clara, now. Clara, Clara, Clara. <laughs> I, I was not sure how you're going to go with that, Bill. I got, got a little nervous. <laughs> Guys, Clara. we are we are not the Clara News Network yet. We need to work on that. We're CNN. not. We're not CNN. That is. That I is mean, it, but glow 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 plugs were glowing. That first, yeah, there's a long. Uh, straight, actually on a rideable ground. They use a long lens. First lap, Clara was like mid twenties. Second lap, she was sixth. I mean, just can I can I can I bring uh, just so I mean, like we we admit it, like we were on the like Clara needs to her starts aren't the best. We were on that last year. I mean, <laughs> like we've been on. It's awesome that you know people are noticing her, and I think she gets a lot of. We we've been there since Rochester. Yeah. Uh, you know what though? Like to me, it was always we were just like, don't be thirtieth off the whole shot. Like I'm I'm I think that she's made. A, I'm totally okay with where she was after this race, and she showed that she came back and you know was in a good spot. It's just she's doing. It's like be tenth and not thirtieth. And I and, and I still have people just being like, oh, our starts are terrible or whatever. Uh, she's shown so much improvement in such a short period of time where we're seeing where she's getting the fruits of those all that time she's put into it, where she's in tenth uh and is in a much better place versus like uh the urban cr- or there was the one where she was like thirtieth and we were just like uh Yeah. Well and it's it's in contrast to Betsima who 
wants to be out front and is sort of, I mean, the thing is that part of what puts Clara in a hole is that Betsima goes out there so fast and then Brand and Alvarado and, you know, even worse coming back now feel like, okay, we need to go get her. And then the pace just jumps up. I mean, I think this is, you know, this is what we heard from, from, uh, from Katarina Nash last year who had to deal with that and was able to sort of work with it. It's the same thing. It's like the pace just goes super high, super fast. And they, it, as opposed to what we used to see in, in the men's race, and you would see somebody like Sven who was the best in the field, but he was going to camp out at fifth. That was sort of like his happy place, and he was just going to be there. And then when it was time to go, it was time to go, and, and they'd make a race out of it. So I, I, I think you're right, Zach, in that that pace – she doesn't necessarily need to get sucked into that pace. And I think that it's even getting to a point where she has the confidence that the race will come back to her because she will, you know, be hitting her stride when, when it, the pace is starting to fall off and she's, you know, you look at the lap times and she's just consistent and other people are going down and she's going up. Yeah. Curtis was actually talking about this on the latest episode of his podcast in the red Curtis white. Um, and he talked a lot about, um, honing that high end. And so for him, it's that the spark, it's that VO two, it's the beginning of the race. And I, um, it works on a hard course. So it worked at Havre. It worked at Namur. Uh, it worked at Herenthal's. I don't think she finishes top 10. It's older. Like, so that's the problem is like when it is a fast race is like, you know, she's in her element. If it's a tough race, I mean, talk about someone. She said it in our interview, you know, uh, I go hard when the going gets hard. Like that is Claire Hansinger right now. And so, you know, I think if I'm guessing she's looking at what skills does she need to hone? It's like some of these races are just super duper fast. And so it's like hone. In those races, it matters more to be closer to the front um, that when they're starting that fast. But yeah, on a race like this, she's just like, look, I'm a little glow plugs. I'm good. And now I'm just going to like crush your souls as you guys die or fall yeah. apart on, on this course. <laughs> By the way, I am the most steady. I'm a rock. Like, I wonder what, I wonder what, uh, you know, we're still not done with this season. I think she's still going to have, she still has some some results ahead of her. But after this, she goes into a full season on the road on a, you know, legit road team. And I wonder if some of that, where she may lack in that high end, she's going to pick up with that, with that. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the, the Belgian style of cyclocross training, right? You're getting into getting on the road and sort of like, uh, getting all that, that high end on the road and then being ready to roll back in cyclocross. So I'm, well, and I yeah. think it'll be interesting domestically next year. I mean, Megaly Rochette does have that spark off the line. And, you know, that's how Megaly was just like winning races going away last year. Uh, so I think it'll be, you know, I think from the standpoint of, because now I think we're seeing where I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about those, you know, among others, those two, especially though, racing against one another, but they do have different styles. And so it'll be the two of them kind of having. And Clara has more of that. Yeah, she has more of that European style, right? I mean, she's got the the lower cadence, higher power, the, the stuff that like Powers was always trying trying to to nail going from a North American style, you know, hot turny, fast out of corners, just speed races to to more of these these slogs. So, yeah, I think for Clara it's like every race that can have range, she's probably happy about. 
Well, and I, we, you know, we talked about Wout embracing it. Um, you know, I, I, she's made that her persona. And I think that like Wout showed like, that's what you have to do when the, when the weather sucks, when the going is hard, like for anyone as like an amateur, like you have to embrace that and just be like, you know what? Everything is terrible. Like everything, people are suffering and I love this. Like I want to be here and I'm going to do well. And I think she's created this persona. I think it's, I mean, and talk about the persona that you want to have to race in Belgium in the winter. My God, like, I don't know. I think she's set up well to be, to be successful, um, to, to, to have that, to embrace it. Uh, and to really have a great run of results where she's getting she's getting the play. She got the uh, the story in Sporza of who who the hell is Claire Hansinger. She got that story. It's great. I mean, her name is ringing out and it is one of the highlights of the season. It's been so awesome to see. I, yeah, I just want to add and say, like, I think as North Americans, especially not having that domestic season, seeing our national champion out there in that jersey has just yeah it's it's made up for a lot of stuff that we missed out so i and i want to say one note uh zach you i think you zach do you write the captions in the yes. in the photo yeah what did i miss well no there no there was a caption that said uh hansinger smile or grimace and I, and and i thought it was, it was funny and you, you kind of can't tell but at, at dendermon she was not wearing glasses and i finally saw she actually is trying that it's a grimace she she looked like she's putting out quite an effort so I still I think, think it was a question. smile when she passed Alvarado on that climb. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'd be smiling. smiling. I'd be like, yeah, because she didn't just pass her. She dropped the living daylights out of her. I would have been smiling. It's the rainbow stripes, man. The big, the big thought bubble over Alvarado. Saying, <laughs> <"You> again. <laughs> uh, so um, I just want to have a one one quick note. Uh, I noted that if, if there are going to be more, more courses with sinkholes, I noticed the way to cross a sinkhole, you know, how do, how do you get over quicksand is, is you know, you got to use your bike like a crutch. Brand ran her bike over the sinkhole. So when she stepped in it, she didn't go all the way down. Alvarado was carrying it over her shoulder and she went straight in. So that was my uh, quicksand carrying tip. That's right. Uh, Alvarado did get... She did get quicksand. She did get uh, the abominable swamp monster. She got eaten. Right. Christine Majeris's. If you haven't, if you haven't peeped that yet, head over to Christine Majeris's Twitter. It's pretty funny. She uh, drew the the bud monster. So we already talked about Wow. Uh, but so I uh, interesting stat. So shout out to Curtis White. And shout out to Michael Vandenham, career best for both of them. I think, you know, Michael was really funny. He's like, I can't give an honest opinion on this course because I'll race that. All- I had the best race of my life and I loved that course. <laughs> That's what I love about him. Uh, you know, uh, so it's kind of interesting. But so I was like going back and please someone try to correct me. But the last race I could find where we had two North Americans in the top 20 of a European World Cup was Namur in 2014. So Euro World Cup, not not American. Um, willing to to be proven wrong, um, but I think it was uh, Jay Powell and Jonathan Page. I would guess would have been the two uh, that were both in the top twenty. But these guys had better finishes. So I don't know. Super impressive. Uh, really awesome to hear Curtis. I guess I just keep talking about their podcast because I just listened to him. But you know, he talked about what that meant. But also, he was explaining how. You know, because he didn't have the racing for nine months, he built up like this huge fitness base and he's trying to hone that top end. But he was just like, I felt great. Like, you know, I had this motor and 
uh, it just suit him really well as the, the race went on. So it was kind of interesting to hear him talk about that. I will say this too. I wanted to say this about the North American. I mean, I, I know that our North American men like don't get the results, especially that the women do. And so we spend a lot of time talking about them, but I, I think, I think the results that white and Vandenham turned in do show that like American riders are tough. I think the American men, like they fight, they work as hard as they can. Um, and you know, that they didn't quit that, you know, they kept moving forward that they both had career days on like literally one of the worst courses. Um, and so, you know, a silver lining, I mean, great results, not what Clara did, but you know, to their credit, like the North American men, you know, they, they fight their faces off. And I, I think that, that we should respect that, um, you know, that they, they embraced the suck. And they always do. They always do. I think it has to be with some of, the, some of that positive attitude. And they also, you know what, guys, podcast bump. They Whoa. Host it's, Whoa. it's very true. Which just means, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place yeah. to end. I think we did it. All right. Good job. Subscribe to the bulletin. We'll see you next week. Middlers of note. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. I got one more thing to add. Wait. Before we go. Before we go. My last note. Mariana Voss is the greatest cyclocross racer ever. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.